Hey guys, welcome to HOT House of Tech. Thanks for tuning in today, uh, where we discuss all things technology. We're talking smart homes and devices, everything audio, video, and entertainment, gaming, uh, pretty much everything uh, tech-based in and around the home. Uh, we are your hosts. I am Ron. This is Will and Chris. Uh, they're the tech experts. Uh, I just love this shit. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, guys, and, and uh, let me know who you are. So, uh, like I said, my name is Chris. I've been doing this for a long time now, and a long time means 15 years plus. And uh, been doing all sides, everything from the installation, the programming, and even some of the sales. So it's been it's been a great time. I love, love doing this stuff. Awesome. Hi, my name is Will Warwick. I am what you'd call kind of a techie guy. I, uh, I've been in this industry for, you know, a handful of years. And uh, I just really love everything to do with not only audio, video, movies, computers, technology. I've just kind of been a tinker of technology since I was a, a wee little lad. <laughs> and I just love this shit. Uh, beautiful, guys. Well, you know, I, as much as uh, everybody tuning in, uh, I'm sure would love to hear about you all day, every day. Uh, why don't we just jump right into it? And, you know, I think it, it seems very natural to, uh, to, to start this off, to kick it off with uh, what really makes a smart home uh, and how much does it cost, uh, right? And, uh, you know, I think that uh, I found that, that Google was actually the worst place of info here. So uh, let's kind of go from there. Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you right now, I did a quick couple of Google searches and uh, I found out that Google was like the worst source of <laughs> information here. Uh, and it's kind of like, you know, like Google MD. Every symptom comes up. You know, Google any symptom on the planet and all of a sudden you got like cancer, some other horrible disease, right? So Google is not, you know, it's a wealth of information, but it's not always the, it's, the it's best. It's the reverse though, because, well, the answer is cancer for everything on Google MD. The answer for this is everything is cheap. Yeah. And that's and easy. just not accurate at cheap all. Cheap and easy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just, I found it was, uh, it was, it was pretty inaccurate. Uh, and so what I noticed is like with that Google search is that, you know, one of the biggest tech giants on this planet actually knows very little about tech, at least this tech. Uh, so, you know, I just want to talk first to you guys, like, uh, you know, what, what, what do you think really makes a smart home? Well, I can, I can chime in on that. So we were talking the other day about this and, um, I think one of the things that bothers me the most, and it's, it's even in our, we see it in our industry is like the word smart is attached to anything that it's kind of a buzzword right now, but it's attached to anything that I would say connects to the internet when that's not the case. Yeah. A smart system shouldn't just be connected to your internet. It should have features built into it that actually make it intelligent, that actually learn kind of your, your habits, uh, almost anticipate what you want to do as, so it's more, proactive as opposed to reactive. And you can see that in, in smart TVs. I mean, they have apps. It's not smart. It connects the, the internet, tells the time. That's not smart. Uh, having a TV that knows what kind of content is on it and it dynamically switches the color and, and the contrast and the lighting and the motion and, the, and the, the frame rate based on what content you're watching, that would be a smart TV. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk about the 8K TV. Pretty excited to talk um, about but that. But that's, that's my two cents. And, and obviously... What I'd like to see more in smart homes is actually efficiencies, more efficiencies, so energy efficient stuff, solar panels, those kind of systems. I think the, the, the big thing with, with all of this is, you're right, the, the word smart is the misnomer. I think a lot of it is more automated, but not as much of it is actually smart. 
for instance, you have a lighting, uh, lighting control where it has motion activation and you walk into a house or you walk into a room, the, the act, you get motion activated, the light comes on. Technically, you haven't had to press anything. So people see that as their, oh, that's a smart light. No, it's an automated light, but they're two very different things. And that's where, you know, there's so many misnomers across our industry in a general sense as to what's smart, what's automated, what is, what is doing stuff for you, or what is just programmed really, really well to, to make it look like it's smart, even if it's not. You know, and I agree with that. I, for me, I think what what I really see it is is kind of, you know, yeah, these devices, you have a few devices, uh, you know, plus your home entertainment side of things, uh, plus, you know, what you're talking about, the the efficiency stuff. So, you know, your lighting, uh, your, your heating and those things. I think it's really about the marriage of all these things, plus automation uh, and bringing it into one kind of combined ecosystem you know that that really makes it easy to use and gives it that kind of anticipation aspect of things uh you know and and the ability to learn from you and about your family and things like this what i really can't stand is when you see this these little bundle packages and the first thing that comes up on google is like you know if i have a a, a nest uh which is a very good product uh, but if i have a, a nest a thermostat and uh, a ring doorbell and a couple of crappy cameras, all of a sudden I have a smart home. Uh, when And it's not. My home is still of, of, of average intelligence or belower, belower? lower than that, uh, you know. <laughs> but, but, but stuff like, like Nest or Ecobee, we like Ecobee just because it has the Canadian marketplace and it's a Canadian product. It's, yep, it's one I'm a fan of. Uh, they actually do have smart features in them where they will start actually doing learning, which is what Will was talking about, where when you start set setting your uh, your actual temperature for your house during certain times of the day, mm -hmm. it actually starts to say, oh, they like this temperature during this time of the day, they like this temperature during this time of the day, and they actually create a schedule for you so that actually it's, it actually is doing learning. Yeah. That actually is a smart product. But so many lighting systems out there, um, which is one of my favorite aspects of an automation system, aren't necessarily smart. They don't learn when you're turning on and off the light and start turning it on and off for you in the future. They're an automated portion of the system, but there are smart portions of the system as well. Yeah. I think we're getting there. I mean, it's all AI, right? So yeah. As, yeah. as AI gets smarter, you can see in the voice control systems, uh, the Alexas and Googles right now, as those become smarter systems, more intelligent with all the data we're giving them, uh, it, it'll start to be that way. Because I mean, I, I see it all the time. Like my folks have these thermostats and they don't follow a normal schedule. So they're, you know, constantly in another country or doing something or traveling and then home. And, and they say in this, this thermostat's going off all the time. It's, you know, cooling in the middle of the night or it's heating at the wrong times. And they, I had to turn it off ultimately because it just well, wasn't quite there yet. I mean, yeah, maybe they're not using it to the best advantage. They don't have their phones tied to it, which would help. So they know when their phones are there, but yeah. Just because just it's something is a smart piece of technology does not mean it's actually smart. <laughs> You know, and, and there's a big difference there too. Like you can say, oh, I have smart tech for this. I have smart tech for that. It's only taking a small sample size. And it, it's not like you can sit there and say, hey, thermostat, I'm leaving for a week. So ignore everything that happens this week. Yeah. You know, it doesn't understand what's, what your life, what's actually happening in your life. Now, maybe going forward, it'll start to sync your calendar and start to know, hey, they're actually not here for this amount of time. Bingo. So, yeah. you know, let's move forward with, with, that would be amazing. It, it'd be really cool. So now you're saying tying your phone to it, though. Does it if if your phone if you do have that 
on there. Geofencing. Yeah. Right. Where and it realizes, okay, well, neither none of these devices have have been local for you know days. Should shut off. Does it though? It can. So, yeah. So it, and like I have an EcoB at my place, and it does do that. Okay. And there's two of us that live there, so when n- neither of us are there, it says there's like there's a setting, and it's and you can do it in the Apple interface, and it says when either two people aren't present, it's turn a, the system away, into away eco mode. mode or whatever away mode. Um, and same with when anyone comes home. So with the settings, anyone come home, turn it to comfort mode. So it is pretty cool. I mean, it does work as if you can sync your phones to it. Um, in that regard, but again, that's still reactive in a way. Yeah. So I mean, what's happening? Fair there, there's, there's two options there. You have there's a sensor on the Nest or Ecobee yeah. that actually says, "Is anybody home right now?" Like that, a, yeah, like a wide motion sensor. wide motion sensor that actually says, "Okay, there's movement. You know, somebody's home. Let's turn this on. Let's make it active." And then there's geofencing, which is again another thing that people call a smart tech, but really is just an automated tech. Whereas it literally is sensing your phone, and when your phone arrives within a certain proximity, things start to happen. So we can geofence things that as soon as you come home at the end of the night and you pull into your driveway, geofencing has been activated and it turns on certain lights in your house, it turns on your air conditioning or whatever else. We can also do it that if you're driving up to your cottage, for instance, and we geofence that you're going to drive through barrier yeah, on the way up. Big area, right? You know, yeah. yeah, huge area. As soon as you hit that geofence, It'll now it starts all, yeah. doing stuff in your cottage for you. Again, automation, not smart. Exactly. Automation. So, so yeah. it seems like like kind of the con- consensus here uh, is is uh, when a system is reactive versus proactive that it's more automated than than smart. Is is that what I'm? Yeah, I here? think that's pretty accurate. I mean, there aren't too many systems that really are proactive. And as we were talking about with, with the thermostats, when they are proactive, you don't always get the right – what actually happens is not necessarily in your best interest. Fair enough. You know. Now, now then would you say like even though maybe it's reactive on our side of things, you go out there, you program something to do a set of things uh, to, to the end user – we can make it seem very, oh, very much the other end of things. We, you know, where you can program things to happen at, you know, X amount of time or within this geofencing. So maybe on our side, we we feel like it's more reactive. But from a client perspective, they're still seeing, you know, all this wonderful magic happening. Okay, uh, so hold you on. Know, you touched and, touched on it. If yeah. we've done our job properly, they don't have a smart hope. They have a magic home. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Because yeah. legitimately, they don't need to understand how it happens. They just know that stuff does happen. And in their head, they can say, sure, it's a smart home. They can say whatever they want to say. But it might you might as well say, yeah, I just used magic on this and it all happened. Mm-hmm. Because, but that's us doing our job properly. If It truly is just them having this wild-eyed bewilderment of, oh, my God, this all happens now? Like, I'll, I'll agree with you on that point <clears throat> because it is now you're kind of getting into the, the weeds about the word because – all smart systems, whether it's AI or something we've programmed, automated, it is running an algorithm or programmed an algorithm into it, and it's conducting those based on if statements. I mean, I don't want to get too technical here, but yeah. So it's smart to the client. That's good. You already, you already switched into uh, <laughs> into another language for me. So I, for me, it's the same thing. Cause it's funny because you say for a client's magic. For me, it's pretty much the same thing because, yeah. um, you know, I love this shit, but... Uh, I have no clue what you do on the back end to make your magic happen. I just, then that's okay I just know you do. But there, there becomes an appreciation. Uh, what we try to educate our clients on is having an appreciation for this stuff does not just come together 
by us throwing it at the house and hoping it does stuff. You know, there is a lot of work on the back end that we have to organize, design, program properly, install properly, and test. There is so much on the back end of this. So yeah, on the front end, when you walk into your house and it just works, awesome. That's that's what's supposed to happen, but it is never that simple on the back end. It is never as simple. What For a long time, there was a certain TV provider that used to say, all you have to do is plug in your new cable box and immediately you had HD. Well, it kind of ignored the fact that you needed to flip four settings inside, make sure you have an HD TV and a wire run to your TV. You know, Fair enough. it's always easy to say, yeah, this stuff is just happens. It doesn't just happen. I think, uh, yeah, and I think we need to give our listeners a bit of context here because, I mean, you've been installing automation systems for 15 plus years. Yeah, it's been And you've long. seen from the beginning of the internet era of things to, to now where we're at, where things are actually smart. Yeah, so when, I, when, I this, when I started doing this, when I started doing this, a flat panel 42-inch TV was $35,000, <laughs> you know, and they only lasted about a year. Quite honestly. So they were not really where we are now. Would have been a great time for our business. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we were talking the, when we were talking when we were uh, viewing the 8K TV about just the progression of TVs. And uh, the TV I remember, the kids' TV, right? There was the parents or the family TV. It was a little bit better. It was a little bit more, you know, newer, robust. But the TV I remember as a kid uh, was like this big honking console thing, sat on the ground, it was about the size of a sedan, and had the, the old turn, you know, this is well, one we played our video games on, like the, the, the Super Nintendo, and before that, the Nintendo. Well, as, the like oldest, that. as the oldest one here, I will totally t- go ahead with the joke that I was the channel changer. Yep. Back when, when I was a kid, you know, like. I made a pokey stick for mine, so I didn't have to get up. <laughs> Will was automating shit early. <laughs> Poking oh, is great. Get the volume and the channel changer. <laughs> but that's it. Like I remember when we got our first like twenty-seven inch TV, and it was like, holy crap, the right? world has ended. So you know, this is like now though. My like my kids, my kids TV. It is it is a, a flat panel, but and it's it's a plasma, but. You know, that TV, and they'll never really know this or realize this, it's bulky, it's heavy, it's a great TV. In fact, it's still better than some of these 4K, you know, Costco TVs that you see out there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, uh, but it's like, I think it was originally like 11 grand or mm-hmm. something like that. And again, it's a great TV. You know, the plasma, you get that, that burn-in or whatever. Only uh, if you don't know how to use it, but either Yeah, way. well, I'm, I'm really bad with that because I, you know, I, I walk away playing PlayStation, walk away, and the controller goes off. Mm-hmm. So now I have a permanent, like, you can only see it on really dark screens, no. but like a, a permanent, very light, please turn, <laughs> please uh, reactivate your controller back on. I can go down a huge rabbit hole of what plasmas used to need and how you can get rid of burn and everything else. But thankfully, it's not really a thing anymore. I mean, there, if you want to get into it, people have a concern when it comes to OLEDs and QLEDs and whether there's a burn-in retention rate it's not they don't call it burn in it's actually called retention rate and literally what it is is if you were to hold your fist in a single position for days and days on end eventually it becomes very hard to ungrip that fist and but if you continue to work on it eventually you ungrip the fist and it's a similar thing with um, tvs with with image retention whereas if you just play different and different and different material eventually that actually generally goes away not necessarily to a hundred percent but to about a ninety percent situation. I think. Uh, I think since we're talking about it, it's a good good time to segue into into uh, talking about the AK TV. Well, well, let's 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 take a step back because I know we kind of went off on a tangent, but 
you know, you know, one of the things that we really wanted to discuss today was the cost oh, associated yes. with smart homes, yeah. right? And, and I, I know we kind of we, we went off a little bit because we get excited about this stuff, especially uh, uh, Mr. Textbird himself over here. Um, you know, we we get excited, so we we kind of go off. But let's um, let's uh, let's take a step back and let's talk about the cost here of uh, of smart homes and smart home technology. What what it really takes to get uh, a smart home, an all, an all in all smart home. And I, I think we all agree that now, you know, your, your home is only as smart as the person who, who made it that way, uh, right? So I, I think we can kind of come to that. Um, but what does it cost? And that was really where I really found that Google was the worst source of education. Well, hold on. Don't, don't blame, is it don't, always though? Wait, wait, wait. wait it's wait. your best and worst enemy <laughs> wait, at the same time. Let's not blame Google specifically. It's not Google. It's, it's the websites that, that they rank at the yeah. top. Yeah. So I'm blaming Google fully Fine. here. Fine. I got this weird Google, dog. if you're listening, which I'm sure you're watching my every move, uh, I am fully blaming you for this. I got this weird bump. What is it? Google says cancer. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally. Come on. Google so, so, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right, though. What we found, uh, and literally, what, how long did our cursory search take this morning? Like three and a half seconds. Yeah, literally. I'm going I'm to pull it up right now here. So this one is Home Advisor. Home Advisor. Let's see how well they advise. So... First and foremost, what I'm looking at here is $381 to $1764 to install a home automation system. Uh, I would say they're not advising. No, but so they're off on so many things here, but it's such this is confusing to people because when they when they when they read it, are they thinking this is how much it is for the entire system, or this is how much it is just to have the install done? And I mean they're wrong no matter what happens. Yeah, but at least they're closer on saying it's just install, ignoring the thousands of dollars in product they'll need. Again, if you can see the website, it's definitely a captivating portal, so they don't want to scare people off. But if we scroll down here and, and look, it says here the national average in the United States for installing home uh, smart home installation is nine hundred and forty-five dollars, so not yeah. even a thousand dollars to install. <laughs> A smart home system. And then they said on the low to high end, you're from $67 to $3,000. Right. I'm not so, sure what the, the smartest thing that you're going to get for 67 bucks so is. So they're but, probably, uh, they're probably, and I'm, I'm just going to say, so they probably say, and, and it defines it here and we'll read it. Um, they're probably saying uh, one Google Home or one Alexa at $60 plus tax is $67 and now you have a smart home. So that's probably why their numbers are so skewed. Um, because here, let's read what it, what it says. What they feel a smart home is? Yeah. What does smart home mean? Home automation deals with syncing household devices and systems with schedules and response, responsive sensors. Smart home technology is only possible with modern devices like microphone applications and wireless internet routers. So you can't even get a microphone and a wireless router for $67. <laughs> so first of all, why are they saying that? <laughs> devices that turn on or off with a switch, remote control, or timers are not considered smart. Hmm. Smart devices activate according to program or input from a wireless device. Examples are a thermostat, uh, sensors from your smartphone, a ring, a ring doorbell kind of thing, and then appliances like refrigerators and a sensor. Hold on, a sensor that calls your smartphone and gives you a visual, visible, visual image from your front door when somebody rings your doorbell. What is the sensor doing exactly? If somebody has to press a button to ring the doorbell, which they do, 
What is the point of the sensor? Well, the ring has the, the motion capture, so... Yeah, but it's like one or the other. You're not doing yeah, like no, motion they, capture they, and it automatically cra you. crappy editing on their part. Oh, for sure. Here you go. So now they even give us a little bit more into it. So they talk about what popular apps and brands. So Belkin Wemo Switch. I think that's a light Belkin switch. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, a li it's a light switch. Your Nest thermostat. Yeah, that's pretty typical. Right. Here we go. Control 4. My home's $100 annually. But that's the, that's the problem. So like, <laughs> what does that mean? Literally, I'll tell you exactly what that means. That is the $100 annually subscription service for <laughs> Control 4 to be able to access your system from outside the home. So if you want to be able to con control your house from your phone when you're, when you're not in your home network, it's $100 annually. But it kind of ignores the rest of the Control 4 system. What it took to get it in there, <laughs> and, what, it, what, it, what the equipment. Yeah. But look at this, okay? I, like the Savant system. And Savant, we're, we're, we're pretty familiar with that. Well, we sell it. So we so. sell, yeah, but we don't sell a lot of them. The reason is one of the more expensive. It's an uh, Apple system. It, right, so, you know, as, as everyone knows, you, you pay for the brand. Yep, okay? premium product. Uh, you know, and th this is the thing. So, so, so uh, Savant basic system is four ninety nine. Like, what is that for the remote? No, I don't no, even no, think the remote is, is like eight hundred bucks. No, no, no. There actually is a brain that costs four ninety nine. Okay, American. Okay. It's just a for Savant. It's a straight single room brain. Uh, it'll control four different devices. Uh, however, it does not pay for the license to get your phone to do to use it. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. A basic system, but they're talking about a whole home system. Not a single room so solution. Well, and what's kind of worse is like maybe they're, they're talking about the brains, kind of the guts to, to, to make the control or the annual fee to have the control. But what about all the stuff? Well, yeah. I that mean, it controls. What happened, like, well, last time I checked, it's got to control something. Yeah. So when you're talking about whole home control systems like Control 4, RTI, Crestron, Savant, they're controlling, they're controlling your lights. They're controlling your blinds. They're controlling your TVs, your music, and everything in between. But can it make my kids go to bed? No. Oh. Nothing can. Go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> so, uh, but but I mean, the, the problem there is all of that stuff costs a lot of money to actually be able to control something. Nothing on here. This whole page has not talked about a single TV, has not talked about yeah. a single AV surround sound, or multi-room audio. Cameras, None of that stuff. Of that Cameras. Stuff, yeah. You know. And, and so it's missing somehow the majority of what we consider to be a automated smart home. So I think this is the kind of stuff you see on the internet that really, A, hinders our work when we go in there because it's completely skewing the numbers when a homeowner goes and does some of their own research to find out how much is it going to cost to actually put tech and smart home systems in our, in our, in our home. So, so here's one thing, though. I'd like to point out, I'll give this. On the bottom here, it says hardwired. Unlike the above choices, which simply plug into your existing outlets, hardwired systems become part of your home. Hardwired systems are much more reliable and cost from 3,000 to 15,000 to install. That is the most accurate number I have seen on this page. Uh, it's still, no, no, no. Because it still doesn't 3,000, were we talking about the wires? No, no, no. For three grand? It, no, it just says to install. That's labor only in my books. That is straight uh, labor. That does not talk about the product in any way, shape, or form. I don't know. Because cost it's talking about how much – look at the heading up here. How much will your project cost? Right. But that literally so, that sentence says cost from this to this to install. That's install only. I, th I think I they're know. saying hardwired here. So I think they're now talking about all the hardwired devices. If they're talking like about devices, speakers, they're totally screwed. Yeah. Like but if they're talking things. about the installation. Yeah, because no, it's just, it's just no, because I which simply yeah. plug into your existing outlet. So no, and then it says cost to install. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking that it, they're, they're saying you get a whole home, smart home, hardwired system. I would say just 
to, to kind of get the bare bones of what a smart home is, you're looking to start at around 10 to 15 grand. So, so the other thing that I actually like with the website, it's, there are very few things that I like with the website. The next thing is cost of in, to install. In general, the cost to have a professional install your system is around $85 an hour. Yeah. That actually is... It's probably the most accurate thing the, on this website. Literally the most accurate thing I've seen. Now, that's American pricing, and that can have a huge range. I've seen guys go as high as 145 an hour and down to 50-ish an hour, depending on... A guy working out of his van. A guy working out of his van. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it's a huge range there, but at least that is something. that doesn't talk at all about how many hours it actually takes to install no. the system, but it does say an hourly cost that is correct. Right. Or at least correct is. So I say, yeah, let's... Uh, Let's move away from this this website because it's not doing us any justice. So let's really talk about, you know, some of the things associated with with the smart home and the costs and the hours that go into doing something properly. Oh, man. I mean, everything starts with a proper design at the end of the day. With a proper design is is the perfect baseline for that you need. If you don't have a, a properly designed system, you're not going to get anything that you want. No. You know, your experience is going to be crap. Your look is going to be crap, and it's all going to go down the hill very, very quickly. So you, you got to start with the proper design. Once you have a proper design, then you need to have it properly installed. And that can take a lot of time. And we're talking about wiring into an existing house. You know, making Depends sure on what you're doing. Exactly. Sure. Wiring to existing house or wiring into a new build or, or that types of things. Working with an interior designer, which we love doing, or you know, sort of doing it with just the homeowner. Mm -hmm. We're happy to work with either version of that. And then comes the actual programming and working with the client, no matter what, on how they want the system to actually work. So let's let's compartmentalize this stuff. We're talking about design. So at the design phase, you're building a house or you're renovating your house. Let's talk about the wires first, because uh, it's very important. A lot of people kind of leave that to last moment. So many times our clients come to us and, and like, okay, well, you know, we, we want to do all this stuff. Awesome. Okay. We, we start that conversation. You know, our, 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 our guys are talking to them, taking them through the process and, and it becomes, okay, awesome. We need to wire for all this stuff. Uh, and the client says, what? Well, I'm spray foaming tomorrow. Right. So and because, you know, that comes down to that at the education part. This is, you know, from all respects, it's, it's something that's pretty new as far as being, uh, in the general public's eye. Uh, it's been around for eons, but you know, now it's, it's like computers used to be in the early 2000s. You're going into every home. Everybody wants one. Everyone wants one or two or, or a whole system or whatever. Uh, pre-wire. So let's talk about what pre-wire. Well, what what should pre-wire cost? You're, you're going to have me go down a rabbit hole here for, for half a second. And that's with one simple word, wireless. Oh. The word wireless is one of the biggest misnomers in, in yeah. our industry. And I definitely want to talk about wires, because, but I want to talk about wireless for half a second here. And it's because it's something that gets gets me going all day long. The biggest issue is there's no such thing as a hundred percent wireless until they come up with Unless wireless. There's a solar panel attached to it. No, I mean, <laughs> but but hundred percent wireless literally like these pieces still need power or they're running on batteries. And if but if they're running, running on batteries, batteries you got to charge them, plug them in once or in a while, or change the batteries or whatever you want to call yeah. it. So wireless as a whole does not exist. Yep. You need some level of wires. Now, I'm not a fan of wireless no matter what happens. How many times are you driving down the street and your phone just craps out for no apparent reason in the middle of a phone call? Shit happens. It doesn't always work. Yeah. If you want reliability, you need a wired solution. But there's so many times where people, we walk into a house and people, people simply say to us, oh, well, can't we just use wireless? 
No. <laughs> well, you can to control it, but you all the components, it. your speakers, your cameras, your Wi-Fi access points, they're all wired, hardwired. To, to do it properly and to have a truly robust, reliable system, it's a hardwired solution. And this is the thing too, we're not, we're actually, as technology has, has been progressing, we're not changing into less wires in the home. In fact, it's it's going the other way. You need to put more wires in your home and, and the type of wire, yes, is changing. Yes. You know, we are seeing uh, higher, higher end, uh, better types of cat cables and things like this. Yep. Uh, but, you know, fiber is now becoming a thing and realistically, you know, one day very soon, there's going to be so much data traveling through everywhere in your home to all of your devices. Fiber will one day be the only way uh, to do this unless they come up with something new. Uh, but we're not seeing less wires being put into homes. We're seeing more wires being put into homes. And the need for more and more, uh, you know, to, to really future-proof your house. If you're building a home, you know, you don't want it to be where, where in five to ten years when this technology keeps going, all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm I, can't, yeah. I, I can't add anything. I can't change anything. I can't do anything. So I would say, honestly, from a from a, a, a future proof perspective, the most important investment that you will make at you know at one time chance to do it is going to be a pre wire. Hundred percent. I mean, so we believe in wireless, but we believe in wireless out of convenience. Like you don't want to hardwire your laptop and have to carry that around your house. Yeah. You don't want to have to hardwire your phone, which is not obviously a thing. But wireless is a convenience factor and is very much highly used but only in certain circumstances where it is not it is not in, as imperative, I guess is the best way. Because if it is imperative, if you're making a business call, I still say jack your laptop in, and that way you yeah, can if you have a Yeah, if you have a dedicated workstation, I, yeah. we always tell all our clients, it's anything that doesn't move with you frequently, hardwire in. Yeah. You're, let's say you're using the smart TV features. We'll hardwire that TV directly to the internet, to so, the network. And, and that's it. So I mean, you know, so going back to when we go to the pre-wire. It's not moving overwire your house yeah so yeah. let's talk about that how much how much then how much should you spend on 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 the wires that are going into your home that the things that will control all the devices make them all work uh you know from now until you know whenever, yeah, when the house crumbles well i mean don't forget i mean because things are consistently changing we can wire it to the best of our knowledge today yep and we like to think that realistically that will last for quite a long time we're talking 15 20 plus years okay those same wires should be good to go without really a huge need for change so give me a range pre-wire cost so is depends between on, depends on your house i mean if you're so let's go by square foot so if it's a thousand square foot you're looking at anywhere from 50 cents a square foot to a dollar depending on type of cable you're using and, and you can go past it if you go into fiber. You can easily go exactly. And how many speakers and things yeah. like this? Okay. But most of the time, we're running Cat Six cable throughout the house. We're running speaker wire throughout the house, and we're running um, coax. A couple coax, maybe HDMI if it's a, if it's a local source or shorter runs. Yeah. Or whatever else. yeah. And that's pretty much what we're looking at. Maybe some conduits. So the biggest two things you want to wire for is Cat cables because it can basically do anything, and speaker wire. Okay. For your speakers. And like I said, you're at about 50 cents to a dollar per square foot. So what, what's, your, what's your average home? I would say around 3,500 30, square feet. 35 right? to 5,000 square feet, I think, okay. is, is a pretty average house for that we are doing these days. And so you're looking at? 3,500. 3,500. To five grand. I'd say a good starting yeah. base you're looking at, yeah, is, is, is maybe around 800 bucks okay. for uh, per thousand square feet. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, and, and it's, it's a pretty baseline calculation. That's why we do it per square foot. It's, it's nice and yeah. easy that way. You look at it and you say, how many square feet? What kind of level do you want to hit? And you're good to go. There you go. Now, so now I want to kind of remove some of the talk about smart home devices. We talk a little bit about them. You can see what the device itself, you know, you want to nest. I don't want to talk about the price of a nest or too, too much because these are kind of the smaller little pieces that don't really fit in. Now, let's say, uh, like lighting though, I think, I, I think needs to be talked about because, because uh, one of the, the biggest things on these, these websites that we're, we're checking out, um, the, one of the biggest kind of misconceptions was the lighting on there for me, where well, it's no, talking about if you replace every bulb. So let's be clear here, uh, smart light bulbs, uh, and I, and quote that heavily, uh, that's not, that's, that's not smart lighting. No, but the, right? I mean, the, the problem is. There's two different levels of this stuff. So Philips Hue system, for instance, is literally the bulbs themselves. They don't change what the electrical the electrical parts, portion, yeah, the wiring and the fixture. It's literally you just a, change the bulbs. You hope they fit. Yeah, and then it's a very cumbersome sort of uh, interface. You interface to to actually use the system. We actually, for a lot of our stuff, we use uh, Lutron control or control for uh, lighting that actually changes up the switches because it's not so much about the color of the bulb so much as, as the usability and the cost savings and just how the, uh, the system works in a general sense. Right. So lighting systems, let's talk like what should it cost? Um, you know, maybe I don't want to do the whole house. So what is a room by room? Let's so, say? I mean, realistically, what does a room of, of smart lighting look like? So yeah, you can start with, let's say Caseda, the almost do it yourself home system. For Lutron, yeah, and you're looking at about fifty to sixty dollars per switch. Okay, so let's plus the brain, yeah, and plus the the starter kit. So I think at a minimum you're you're at five hundred dollars to do five hundred for maybe a condo, small start, small condo for the whole condo. Yeah, small condo. Okay, so you you do about. But this is, we're talking Toronto size yeah. condo. Uh, Toronto yeah. Honda, Honda right. so, has five, so has about, five about the size of a, a room in a regular house. Right. So, you know, right. it, has, <laughs> it has five outlets and it has a brains about a hundred bucks. So you're looking at 500 for Caseda, Lutron Caseda on the minimum. Whereas Ratu, which is the main one that we install, yeah. is, is the much smarter, uh, the much smarter technology, the much, and, and I, again, smarter automation. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's not go back down that but, road. But yeah. still, um, so Radio Raw 2 is the one that we enjoy installing most because it has the most flexibility, shall okay. we say. Okay. I think on the on a, on a single room solution that has five light switches or dimmers, you're probably in the 1250 to 1500. I was going to say over right, right. And, and I know that's kind of where we we usually sit when I when I look at things and I'm, I'm over like looking at over projects and it's around 1200 bucks I yeah. think. Uh, is kind of the first thing. So, so let's so, so let's say then you you have a house. It's a standard size house. What do you got? Three bedrooms, four, whichever. Uh, three, four bedrooms. Couple of the bigger main areas. Uh, what would our overall standard look, home look like? You're looking, yeah. I mean, I could hit it right on the number. I I, I see it all the time. I'll give okay. you a range. You're looking at minimum ten thousand dollars. Yeah, to, ten to twenty. To twenty, yeah, yeah. ten yeah. to twenty. And that's on a three thousand to five thousand square foot home. Yep, and it depends on how much, how many lights, because you literally we've gone to houses where clients have said to us, uh, you know, give me a light switch in this room, and that just doesn't make sense. Or you yeah, know, or you know, you walk into a room and it's got forty different kinds of lights. Yeah. You got pod lights, you got track lights, you got the what are the the, the strip lights? Yeah. And, 
all that stuff. So then it can get a little bit crazy. And obviously, they, you know, if you're putting all that stuff in, but that's um, where it gets probably you have the budget anyways. Well, I mean, that's um, or what hopefully, custom. hopefully, anyways, that's what uh, you thought these things out, right? So, yeah, custom. That's what that's what we do. We do custom solutions, and what that means is we can do anything from a single switch up to literally in a raw two system, two hundred devices. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of devices. I mean, that's a lot of switches. That's a big And then you're integrating your shades, your automated shades into shades. that. I think it's really important to talk about shades because, uh, you know, first and foremost, we, we deal with a lot of automated shades. We see them in our line of work all the time and they're just, they're, they're complete crap. Uh, and they're not actually really controllable by anything else. But what makes uh, them? They're cool? loud. They yeah, don't work. That's it. Right Sometimes there. this one will go up. This one will go up. This one will go halfway. This one will come down and do the bacon roll thing. It sounds like they're struggling when you turn them on. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Trying to get it up. Like there's like a little gnome in there actually cr hand cranking this thing <laughs> on like and squeaking, you know, and going along. And I, Oh, man. So, so we've dealt with that a lot. And, and so first and foremost, I'll say you can buy cheap automated blinds or cheap we should call them motor motorized motorized yeah, yeah motorized. there we go that's that's so there's no automation and pressing a button right yeah. okay so you, you can buy cheap ones uh don't yeah first of all uh what should someone spend on good uh automated change let's talk about range because obviously fabrics uh and things let's like not that. even get into fabrics yeah. quick yeah. Yeah. Fabrics? So, yeah for for i mean I, I can answer this question it's pretty pretty basic so uh, for a five by five window section five feet um, you're looking at, I want to, I want to be safe here and you're looking at about a thousand dollars per window. You can, you can go a little bit lower than that, it's about but that's for a high, that, right? that's for a, a good quality, not high quality, a good quality, let's say Lutron brand, very quiet motor, reliable, the warranty on that super long. If you're going battery or wired, it's around the same price, but the batteries will last, I think up to three years on those guys, which that's, is really That's good. sort of fun. So, Talking about the battery, the battery stuff is actually People look at it and go, oh, battery operated. That, that can't be good. And it's so interesting to see that the quality companies out there have actually taken battery operated motorized shades, made them quiet and last between two to five years right. on a single set of batteries. Yeah, exactly. You know? Well, it's a probably a. Yeah, you don't want to change your batteries. It's a bag full of D batteries. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of D batteries. It's a bag full of D batteries. But regardless, I mean, if you don't have the means to wire or you didn't think about this before, when you're building your home there it's is solutions off. out there and yeah it's every three years you got to get up on a ladder and replace batteries but that's not the worst thing in the world and right? the cool thing about the custom guys and the, the guys who are really good like lutron uh and we'll, we'll tell lutron all day long because it's one of our major brands that, that i truly believe in yeah. Yeah. um not only do they have three giant binders full of different fabrics you can choose from they will literally take whatever fabric you want yeah. and go customize and yeah, it kind of skews the range because then it's no, like, it's huge. what, 800 to like 8,000 8, <laughs> yeah. per window, depending on if you, you're looking for like velvet velour or whatever. Well, don't, don't whatever make it a goal, then you'll right? be all right. But yes. at the yeah. same time, I mean, most the, the cool thing about it, though, is most people, the average person is pretty content with just their sort of, not baseline, like one or two levels up from their baseline. And I think so about a thousand bucks a window. So right. a thousand, so I think- For, for, you know, for standard five by five. If you said 800 to 1200, yeah. I think you'd be very accurate and have the majority of our clients, 80% of our clients would fall, fall within that range, I think for a five by five. And I know, so the thing is, I know we never suggest 
Uh, we never suggest doing every window in your home because it just doesn't make sense, right? You're not going to put a shade on your frosted bathroom window. Uh, you're not going to put a shade, usually even on, on like a standard bedroom with like one little window. You're probably not putting it on there. Maybe you are. Depends. A preference okay. thing at that point. Uh, if you have a lot of windows in your bedroom or Florida, Florida ceiling windows anywhere, that's where you start to get into those things. So I would say what? For, for shades in your average home, what have we seen in the past? Again, I think you're looking at maybe the same kind of range for lighting. I would say a little bit wider. I would say more like 8 to 25. So the, the only place that this gets skewed, again, is, is your fabrics, but also drapes. If you move over to the drape side of things, legitimately, they start much higher. But most people don't. Let's, let's just, for, for, for simplicity's sake, say you're doing the whole house, minus some small windows that you don't care about, you're probably looking at the same. You're looking at between ten and $20,000. Ten and dollars Yeah, and obviously fabrics, like Chris was saying, if you go up, that could really, and that's. I mean, when you say whole house, we're talking whole house that makes sense. Yeah, you know, don't don't go crazy. Don't do the stupid windows that we're talking yeah. about, like the basement. You know, yeah, probably you know, like not a basement, so much. Half window, yeah. where your automated <laughs> shade goes just up right there. And but but when we go back to design, when we're talking about this stuff, it actually matters again because let's say you have a big walkout deck at the back. Do you want to have one shade take care of? all sliding doors or do you want to have those shades now separate so you can have the one shade in the middle go up the door actually is functional and the two on the side stay down that's why there's the range right but but that's also i'm saying design matters on all things that's all i'm trying to say is is when you go into design you want to talk the the best clients for us are the ones who can give us their dream even if that dream is 10 years down the road and no no more bay windows. Yeah, well. This is not a thing anymore. <laughs> People don't build homes with bay windows Sadly anymore. They still do, but still. Oh my God, okay. So we could talk about smart homes for days and days and days. Yeah. But in the interest of time, I, I would love to just talk a little bit about um, the AKTV we saw. Yeah, we went out. Uh, that was exciting. I, you know, I'm sorry that you weren't weren't with us that day. Hey, uh, you I've seen it. Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open. I'm just going to say this. The first actually smart TV uh, that I have ever seen is would be this. this well, that's this what you guys TV, were telling right? me when you came back. You were both very excited. So, so yeah. So, I mean, I think um, what Ron's basically saying here, and we talk, talked a little bit about the beginning this, uh, of the show, is TVs haven't really been smart. They've been connecting to the Internet. But this TV, the demo we saw... And it's a, a Samsung's new proprietary chip that they're putting in these things, and it's an AI chip, and it constantly is communicating with their serve the Samsung servers while you're watching TV. And so, what this, in a nutshell, what this chip does is it looks at what content's being played. So, is it a Blu-ray? Is it a streaming from YouTube? Is it a video game? Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? Is it sports? So, it instantly picks up what kind of uh, source is being played on it. And then it dynamically changes the settings of the TV. So an example for sports, it'll add that motion plus. Because when you're watching sports in the motion plus, it makes it look smooth. It makes it look like you're actually at the, mm-hmm. yeah. at the, at the uh, arena. And when you go to movies, it'll dim it a little bit to simulate a movie theater. So it'll dim the brightness of the screen and it'll put it into that 24 frames per second movie uh, getting rid of the motion, right, which gets rid of the motion because yeah. that's that soap opera effect that people hate. people hate. And for TV shows and for movies, they're filmed in 24 frames per second. Very rarely are they not, and you want to watch it in that because it feels cinematic. But then we when we went over to watching um, some nature show, and it automatically increased the colors, made it more vibrant, put on a bit of the motion, so it looked like we were watching 
a tiger through a, a, a glass window. It was amazing. It was crazy. And you know what? I, I'll pull I will, up the video here so you when, can see. When 8K came out, you know, we got clients asking questions and some of the trade shows that we do out there. Uh, like I will say, I, I'm like, 8K, this has got to be all hype. Uh, you know, like 4K is a thing. It looks great. I'm like, you know, how much better can it be? Uh, you know, I heard things say like, oh, you know, there's so many rods and cones in your eye. You can't even see that well. Um, but I was wrong. Like, I will say this. It is so bloody amazing. Uh, the difference, uh, even what it does to just standard 4K content, uh, you know, and, and what it can do to that. But, you know, even just seeing the... the, the but I think what you said, there's, I think that's the important thing to say right now. So number one is... You guys weren't actually watching 8K content. You Some guys of were it. Watching, so you yeah, got to see those. But the majority of it was upconverted 4K content. That's which right, is, correct. Which is actually really impressive because it actually shows that there is a point to getting 8K it's now. Today, yeah. You know, I, I totally agree with you. I, I'm just saying, like, don't don't wait on the 8K just oh, because there isn't 8K content. It's crazy. And coming up here in a little bit, he does this thing where what it does is it, it takes um, it it takes uh. Uh, 4K, and it does this. Well, it first shows it to you in 8K. Right here, upscale. Right, right here. here. Okay, so so without upscaling, with upscaling, can't doesn't really do it justice. Yeah, I'm saying I'll, sh I'll show you. I'll post it in the video. It'll be up here. Yeah, we'll, but basically, we'll show closer. It it just it does a zoom. Well, in I think even there, right now. So what we're we were looking at there was was a bit half and her, half. Her, yeah. Half and half. They, they yeah. zoomed in on her hair specifically. Yeah. And I think at that point you could actually see the difference. Even sitting here, yeah, you could see the difference. It honestly, yeah. was in the eyes, and and it's it, what's so crazy is it like 4K when 4K came out. You know, you saw it for the first time. You're like, holy, this is amazing. But next to 8K, it looks worse than 1080p. Like it, it looks like it looks like standard def, old school, yeah. like a, a like an old VHS tape. It's all perspective. It's, it's crazy. It's and all so, perspective. Yeah, next to it, I was like, I was blown away. So, so yeah, I think Chris, you made a really good point because one of the things I was most concerned about was, is it going to make my 4K content or even my 1080p content look that much better? Yeah. Or am I just buying something that's not going to be relevant or useful for five years? Yep. I mean, it's, we're almost at a stage where 4K is the standard. I mean, Netflix, well, 4K. Well, the standard for certain those things. Because, yeah. I mean, for cable and stuff like that, it's still not really a thing yet. Exactly. It's still, they're still filming 720 and 1080 Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and, so when we're talking, when we talk about the 4K, when we talk about 8K, we are, we're talking to, a particular set of clientele, the set of clientele who, who really want that quality for their movie watching and their streaming, I think. Sports. Sports. Yeah. But, sports. I mean, but even with sports, though, because you have to understand, at that point, you are up-converting at that point. You're up-converting to... They're, they're filming sports and, now in, in 4K. In 4K. Yes. You, yeah. So you're up-converting your 4K. Yeah, but they're going to start yeah. filming it. Actually, this, the, 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 the guy that did this for us, the gentleman that was doing this for us, uh, over, at, over at Sherpa there was... Um, he was telling us, no, they are, they are switching. Lots of people are switching their cameras. So obviously movies, cinematics are going to go first, uh, to 8K. Uh, sports, it's going to be a huge thing. They are going to be filming in 8K very soon. They, next year, you're going to start seeing. So you know what's, content. you know what's funny that, that the reason he said that, and maybe just because I'm a nerd when it comes to this stuff, but you know the reason why they can actually up convert old movies? I mean, this, I mean, this oh, guy yes. was very knowledgeable yeah, yeah. In, in what he was I talking about, the Samsung. Idea, but, I wanna, I wanna... but when it comes to movies, I think he had one thing incorrect. They actually have been filming in 8K for longer than you can think. They've actually been filming in 8K 
since the early, I think, 80s or 70s. Wait, 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 but, it, but it's not filming in 8K. It's filming in film. It's, and, it's and film, film, which, which naturally is, is, which is the, a certain level exactly, of Exactly. The Sony projector or the Sony cameras back in the day are of 8K resolution film. For film, not know. the digital. The digital stuff Correct. is Correct. Totally the digital stuff is different. But the digital, they were filming 2K. Because I know when they did the two Star Wars, yeah. uh, the three Star, uh, the prequels, they were filmed with 2K cameras. Yeah. IMAX cameras, whatever it is, 2K, which is a little higher than 1080p. And they can now, they now have to up convert it to get to 4K. Absolutely. So, I mean, but I would assume that they're now, and like this gentleman said, the digital cameras that they're using now, if the, the director is using digital cameras, it would be 8K or even higher. Because when they do zoom in on shots so post production, they have to do that. Sixteen K camera. There you go. So, so this, there is a sixteen K camera. Note that every time, every time you have uh, an updated resolution, it's a doubling. The only way it works is literally a doubling. It's like compounded. Actually. So, so when you went from four yeah. K, yes. it, it's a compounded thing. But literally, the the numbers officially double. But the numbers officially doubling is <laughs> is a heck of a lot. When you turn turn into the actual resolution, well, it, actually, so double double yes from a I guess almost like a brand name a perspective, but, yes. but this 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 gentleman he was telling us uh, that it's actually so much more exponential. Oh yeah, because it's it's done by the square inch, right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, whereas 4K was I can't remember how he said it, but we're we're gonna we're gonna put the. But you're right. Because later, so four K to eight K is actually almost four times. I think the yeah. clarity as it was before. So what he was talking about is by by square inch. So when it goes from, and if you look on, I can actually pull up a, a map on here. But when you go from standard def to 1080p, it's you know double. But then when you go from yeah. 1080p to four K, it's not double. It's actually like six, eight times or, or eight something times, like yeah. that bigger. Yeah. So now you're adding another multiple of eight to get to eight K. It, it gets really no, crazy. It, yeah, yeah. Or 16, sixteen. A multiple yeah. of sixteen. Multiple of sixteen. No, no, so it looks like a TV. Like we're talking thirty-three million pixels. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things. I mean, uh, I want to go back though for a second because you said you guys were over at Sherpa. Yeah, and just wanted to talk about them for a second because they were nice enough to have us have us over. Yeah, there. yeah. Want to throw a big one out to Sherpa? Uh, so you know, they're one of Canada's uh, uh, leading AV uh, distributors and yeah. and and uh, uh, AV equipment. So they were nice enough because they have a nice showroom there that allows other dealers to bring people in, take take a look at. At everything there. Yeah, if you're in the Toronto area and you're an integrator or an AV specialist, go check them out. They got a really nice showroom going on. And bring your clients in for an 8K yeah. demo. And yeah, an and, and that's the thing. They will literally let us bring our clients in there and if yeah. and watch it. And if you're in Montreal, I think they're the only ones to have in their Montreal showroom the 98 inch 98 8K. 98 inch yeah. 8K. So if you're in Montreal, go check them out. Look them up, Sherpa Group. Pause. Uh, yeah, Sherpa yeah, Group. Yeah, that, that's really, really, really cool. I, we should make a trip up to Montreal. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We'd love to do that. Again, that TV, if you have a budget, it is definitely the flagship TV from Samsung right now, but it's around $100,000. So, yeah. And, and actually, there's a couple points just while we're talking about the AK. There's, there's these a few things that I just wanted to, to reiterate to our listeners that really blew me away about it. So, obviously, we talked about the intelligent chip in it, that yes, it is a value right now. Even if you're still watching in 1080p or 4K content, it does look better on the AK. Yeah. But, one of the big things I like about Samsung TVs and even this 8K is is I, I love a big screen. I, I don't get me wrong, I love movie theaters and projectors, but their screens are so bright and vibrant that majority of the time my lights aren't off. I want to watch it with the lights on. And their TVs really look good when the lights are on, or if you have a lot of light. Yeah. 
they're getting better at these angles. Like the angle I, I looked on this 8K is really good. So if you have a big living room and people watch you from all sides, it looks really good. The thinness, again, they're not like OLEDs, but we were talking about it. Like it's the thickness of a picture frame. Who cares? You know, so, it's, it's so, flush to the wall. It, it looks good. Well, like, my one thing I will say here, though, is so, I mean, we talk, we're doing a review. Yeah. We're going to talk about the good things. Let's talk about the things we don't like as well. And oh, I, yes, I, yes. the one the one thing I really don't like, and, and it's it's kind of a blessing and a curse here, is the, uh, what are they called? The, the box that goes. One Connect box. The One Connect box. <laughs> Samsung, you're killing me with these One Connect boxes. And they, they're not getting smaller, but they can be hidden. Don't get me wrong. There's things that we do for our clients so that they can get the best of both worlds. But but I got to say, this thing is 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 big. It's, uh, it's and about, you know, it's yeah. for a reason. This thing is a, a computer. It's about three laptops in size. Oh, I, to I, each yeah. other. I, we stacked up three laptops. Yeah, about that. Like it's like a Xbox 360. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, it's, it's a thing. Bigger yeah. than it's that, a thing. Yeah, maybe it is a little bigger even. Yeah. No, it's a thing, and it's definitely. Uh, if if anything, if a, if you're gonna have any downside to any of this stuff, absolutely, I yeah. would say. So, that. so I'll just say, if you're just uh you know going to Best Buy, pick up the TV and throw it on a on a table or a cabinet, that thing won't really bother you. I mean, it's there; it'll go next to your Xbox, it'll go next to your cable box, whatever. But when you're mounting a TV, where does that go? Well, you're, we're hiding all these components. If you want all your components <laughs> hidden, yeah, and away, where does so that go? It, well, it, even it, just let's. Even you go, if you're dismounting it, you know now we're now you're running extra wires, to, and you're to, running to a wire. fiber wire that's that's that so can easily back. be broken. Yeah. So we yeah. flip back to design, and we flip back to the clients who can talk to us as early as possible of the product that they're interested in having. Yeah. You know, that's if you, where if you were thinking about having any of the Samsung One Connect versions, or if you're having the Samsung Frame is another really good example. Yep. Which is a great TV that literally looks like a picture. Well, most Samsungs are going off, that way. Yeah. Right, but it still has the nice trim to make it have the picture frame and everything That's else. Right, yeah. But if you're looking to have these pieces, you need to talk to us during the pre-wire phase yeah. so that we're making sure we're putting stuff in place to account for these issues yeah. that we are going to have. And the worst part about it, though, is when a, a um, product comes out that we aren't aware of these changes – and it's handed to us, and we get the first ones. Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, my install guys and myself are out there. What do I do with this brick? <laughs> Where do I put the brick? And it's funny, even in all their Samsung marketing stuff, they'll have a TV nicely mounted on the wall, and then they'll show the little slit of the line, the fiber line that runs to it. But they don't yeah. show and then, the one. And then they show the box. They don't show like, the box. We're like, Where, well, where's the box? Because there's no cabinet below this TV. Where, where is the box going? It's the magical yeah. disappearing box. Yeah, exactly. That's right. They put camo on it. It's so, fine. All in all, I mean that IKEA blew me away, and they're now affordable. I think they're like five or six grand for well, sixty-five. The, 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 was it was it a sixty-five? No, it was a this one. This one is seventy-five. I think and it's it six grand. Was surround, yeah, seventy-five so for around six grand. I know. Yeah. I know the eighty, the eighty-two inch, eighty-five inch. I think it goes up to like yeah. eight, eight thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but Which it's all super affordable. But, but honestly, it's, it's all relative. Yeah. I, I mean, affordability is a, is a relative number at the end of the day. If you find the value in it, it's absolutely affordable. For having the Sim best of the best that. 8K TV yeah. out there because I don't think as of until now there's been an 8K TV that is under $10,000. No, and that's let's pretty just talk, I'm gonna, I got I got I got to interrupt there too because we were talking about like the Costco TV thing. Like I'm not trying to slam Costco or anything, but that's where you get the, the big stuff for cheap, right? Yeah. So I can get these TVs and 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 you know it's kind of really 
it, it's really sucked sucked the the wind out of the quality aspect in TVs in the market where people are have become less willing to pay. And it's like he buys cheap, buys twice, uh, you know. And the thing is, like we talked a little bit earlier, we talked about how I have this plasma. And this thing is 15 years old, and it will beat out the the bulk of of 4K TVs, a 1080. It'll beat out the, the bulk of 4K TVs uh, that are not super quality out there. So any of these Costco 4K TVs, I would put my old school plasma beside it, and I will tell you right now, it'll look just as good or better. And it's been around for... I think it's 15 years old now, right? So it, you look at, you, you buy a quality TV, especially an AK one where you're future-proofed, uh, you know, years in advance. They're not, they're not coming out with much more than 8K, uh, um, you know, and, and with the chip, it's auto-updating in real time all the time. Well, so, First of all, don't say they're not coming out with more than 8K because then we start talking to Japan and that's a different thing altogether. Bigger, yeah, well, bigger but, TVs but, mean but, bigger but resolution. But ignoring yeah. that for a second, do you know what one of the largest markers of a quality TV is. What's this? Black levels. That was good. That was yes. Good. So how good the TV can recreate black level. And colors. And, and colors yeah. is, is it. But for the longest time, we talked about black, black, black. How black is your black? Because if you can recreate the Oh, that's on. We, we watched that too. No, no, yeah, for sure. yeah, it was amazing. So, so what the reason... The reason why a lot of these TVs, the inexpensive ones, from wherever you get them, I don't care if you get them from Costco or Best Buy or anything else. Yeah. The truth is... What they're doing and how they're making them less expensive is they're not recreating the black levels. They're making them gray levels or or kind of black. Well, levels. essentially, they are yeah. always black, though, right? So what what we like what I learned. I know I know Will already had kind of had this launch, but as you guys know, you're the tech experts, and I just love this shit. Uh, it's, I didn't know that, and I guess it came out with the the OLED TVs, yeah, the where where in every other TV they're just they're they're giving you a really dark gray color. In the pixel, because the pixel LED has to be on, exactly. right? It's because it, it has to and be on. But, but what, what started with the OLEDs is is they the ability to turn off only some of the pixels. So it's called on. local dimming, right? Right, and and so I and I had no clue this was a thing until like literally yeah, so, I mean, five the, days ago. The ability to <laughs> the ability to turn off certain pixels to create black is. It's quasi cheating, but actually the best way to do it at the same time. It's amazing. It's it is. But I mean, when we go back in time, when we talk about the old plasmas, which were actually creating quality blacks, that's where you get the best of the best from the old pioneer pioneer elites and stuff yeah. like that. That's so right. they were the ones that that created the blackest, inkiest blacks before you got to a time now where, this where is, you can yeah. actually turn off, you know, stuff. So, but when you go to uh, these low-end TVs, they don't have this ability to do local dimming. They don't have the ability For to, sure. to create these inky, inky blacks. And like like Ron was saying, that's like the worst part of, of knowledge in this industry about TVs is I go to Costco, I see $3.99 for a 65-inch or a 55-inch on, re on retail. On retail. <laughs> and But here's what it says. All they have to meet, the TV manufacturer all they have to meet to sell something like that is have 4k worth of pixels so have that many pixels well they yeah. don't they don't care about the color ratios no. they don't care about the darkness they don't care about no. the viewing angles color the brightness is a totally different thing. so so people when we go and, and try and you know show someone a tv and this is how much you're spending on a tv they go well best buy sells it for 400 dollars, and then you got to get into the whole thing well what, what are you missing on all that right yeah yeah so i mean that's that's where you really have to look, you know, you're investing, this is going to be on your wall for five, 10 years. You know, do you want the, the best experience or do you want to save a couple bucks here? 
Well, yeah, and 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 for well, some, I, sorry, yeah, sorry, cut it, cut, cut you off. There, Go but for it. You, you save a couple bucks, and that TV dies out uh, in a in a year or I, two. Yeah, I didn't and even I, talk about the lifespan. Of and, and I'll tell you right now, like you know, way back when I was that guy. I was like, well, I think they're all the same TV, uh, you know, and and like, why not buy this one? You buy it, and and within literally a year, it you know might not be completely broken. We get those big white spots everywhere. It just looks horrible. You got to buy another TV. So it's funny because one of the one of the things you guys said, which when you go to these places, I don't care if, what retailer you go to, and you see these TVs on on retail mode. Yeah, what they're doing is they're actually turning up the brightness. And one of the biggest things I always want to tell people is brightness does not equal quality. It also does not equal color. Making no. it brighter, people just think, "Oh my God, that's so bright! Oh my God, that's so wrong." You you don't actually want things to be in your face lighting up the room to it's not a new light for you. Which is why which is why the new the actual smart TVs, and I, I say actual smart TVs because a TV that has apps is not smart. It just hooks to Well you're but talking these, about ambient mode. The, but, these new ones, no, what they have the what is it called? The light sensor on the back? Oh yes, yes, it is the ambient mode. That's what it is. Yeah, it's called ambient. ambient, ambient. It's called ambient he mode. Can't get another name for it. What, what he, he, he didn't say it right. He said local dimming. Local dimming is where you actually turn off the pixels. Yeah, I think he misunderstood. The local dimming is what Chris was saying with turn off pixels. Ambient mode is in a different setting, and it actually picks up the light of your environment. The sensors on the back, right? Well, on the sensors, TV. it's on the front or wherever it is. It's a sensor, one way or another. It literally yeah. looks at the brightness of the room and chooses. Because in a darker room, you just don't need as much brightness. Yeah. But in a brighter room, you actually need more brightness, brightness. to see the same level of color. That's right. Based yeah. off of the, so, yeah, the light ambi- in the room. It's, it's ambient. But that's been around for a long time, I think. You know, but We've it, had that for a while. And yeah. I mean, sometimes you want it and sometimes you don't. You know, the, the problem with ambient mode can be um, it can artificially recreate some colors based on it. So in certain environments, depending on who's watching, for myself, I... I, I hesitate to call myself a video file because I'm not really a video file. I just really love this stuff and I really love to watch movies on really quality TVs and quality pictures. I'm there with you. Um, I, I, a video file takes it to the next I level. would call myself a video snob. Video snob. I'll take video I snob. I won't watch content um, unless it's highest let, resolution possible. Let, let's be honest. I'm a lot of things snob, but let's yeah. not even get into that one. But I don't like ambient mode for myself because – I can see when it brightens up and I start noticing the differences. But I think for a lot of our clientele and a lot of people who are just using it in like a family room, Set it not, a, not it. a dedicated watch space like I have, they're very much, they give me the ambient because I want it to be brighter yeah. during the day and I want it to be darker during the night. Yeah. I want, especially in a bedroom, yeah. Whereas when you're turning off the lights and suddenly you now have this new light source, yeah, you don't need that keeping you awake. You know, you want it to dim down. So let's talk. You said video snob. Let's talk about this snobbery for a sec, uh, because oh, I could give you. you know, I know you could, <laughs> but but back bringing it back to the 8K TV, one of the most amazing parts of the whole demo he gave us was the YouTube. Oh yeah, where, where wow. we all know, like it doesn't matter what you film. How you film it, what you film it with, when it gets to YouTube, YouTube takes it, they smash it down into a tiny little box. Compression. Yeah, and they, that's right. And and uh, and you bowl back up, it looks it looks bad, right? And there's there's not a lot you can do about it. But this intelligent chip or whatever whatever it's doing, he he, you know, it was um, YouTube nature of, of planet. I think it was planet. No, Earth it was planet. it was actually a friend of the. The yeah, Samsung, you for Planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. A, f- a friend of the Samsung rep is a f- blue is, planet. Yeah, is a f- uh, 
filmographer or whatever they call him. Yeah. Uh, and he films his own nature stuff. So he did say he used an 8K camera and he uploaded like a key to YouTube is he uploaded it in the highest resolution possible. So even the file he uploaded was 8K, but YouTube will see that as 4K and down compress it anyways. So it meets their server requirements, whatever it is. For, to be able to stream it. Yeah. But regardless, it was 4K and it did not look like streaming 4K. And we've all seen streaming 4K. We've all seen streaming 1080p blown mm-hmm. up on an 80 inch TV. This thing looked like a Blu-ray was plugged it, it into was, it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was something else. I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, because like, YouTube. I, I, it was almost like I, I, I almost thought he was trying to play a trick on us for no, a second. Was, but like, he, was, if he yeah. wouldn't have gone to YouTube on like the actual in app front, and in done front it right in front of me, then I would never. No, it sounds like an awesome. I mean, and again, it, it's it's an awesome TV. I have seen it. I didn't get the demo that you guys got. I just got the hey, Chris, come take a look at this. Yeah, and and I got to see it, and it blew me away at that point. And I really do think it's one of those things. Uh, there is value there. Hundred you know, percent. Even now, especially now. Um, when, you know, I would say even, especially now when you can have the better TV than anyone, uh, for me, from my perspective, I would say, uh, nine out of 10 would have had a 10 out of 10 if they did, you know, didn't have the brick, um, definitely nine out of 10 worth, worth watching and worth, worth paying the money for. Yeah, for sure. You you're building a home right now and you're looking for, uh, one specific TV for your main viewing area, your living room or even a home theater. Yeah. Um, you like, it's not. You're not the first adopter because it's been out for a couple of years. So this is the third or second iteration. So you're safe to, to go, go ahead and buy one of these and you're, you'll know you'll be good for 10 years. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that kind of wraps up uh, yeah. uh, this episode here. And well, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Again, I am Ron Taylor. This is Will Warwick. And we got Chris Cunningham over here on HOT House of Tech. Uh, if you need any other resources from us, uh, whether it be blog posts, education, anything like that, check us out at oxcity.ca or go to any, virtually any social media out there, uh, search Ox City. We're always there. Thanks so much, guys.